This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to the Science Fictionary Podcast, the podcast brought to you by thesciencefictionary.com, where we discuss all things sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, superheroes, and comic books in the world of pop culture. I'm Daniel, and join me today are Marisha. Hey everybody. And Andrew. What's going on? And David. Hello there. <laughs> all right. Best Kenobi so, impression there. <laughs> how is everybody doing tonight? Oh, we're we're good. doing good. Yeah, we're making it great. <laughs> I'm, 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 Marisha's gonna like pass out any minute now because she was up till three thirty. Which Marisha was not up to. Marisha was up till like five. Oh well, I went to bed at three thirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Marisha. I quit counting when I went to sleep. Yeah, that's the reason my uh-huh. eight o'clock text messages were not answered this morning. I guess that would be it. <laughs> yeah, Marisha um, I... took Excedrin at eleven thirty last night. Well, Cedra's got caffeine in it. It does, yeah. I just wasn't thinking. Yes. So sometimes I'll think I sleep at like three a.m. and I feel bad, like oh man, people are gonna know I was up at three a.m. and then like five minutes after I tweet <laughs> the science fictionary podcast, like your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah, I mean three o'clock's not out of the not outside the norm for me, but I require uh, more sleep yes. than he does. Marisha gets to be kind of so, bitchy uh, if she doesn't get at least eight hours of sleep. No three thirty a.m. or five a.m. binge watching though, right? We're not we're not watching anything new lately. We've well, been... I was up so late because I was working, so I was just watching The Office last night. Um, I was worried I was going to ruin my children. I'm um I'm watching random videos on YouTube that like have mm-hmm. delved into a dark place. All of a sudden, I'm learning how to like build a chair out of like out of. Out of, out of leftover, out, out of leftover Coke bottles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I came in. I came in about three o'clock this morning. I was like, "Hey, Andrew." He's like, "What are you doing up?" I was like, "Well, I started off, you know." And then I gave him like the whole list of all the the things I had done, and you know, like been worrying about. And then I was like all upset about this thing that happened fifteen years ago, and now I'm afraid I'm going to ruin my children. But now I've moved on. To I think I figured out how to make a cast V on his head, and he just looked at me and he blinked. Oh my god! And he was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> we figured out how to make a cast V on his head. Yes. Well, she's so been trying. Okay. Anna needs some kind of mask. Well, she's been trying for a couple of years to make a latex version of the Ahsoka head to fit Iana. Mm-hmm. And with six, no success. So yeah, far. a couple, a couple of things that have come real close, but just kind of fell apart in the end. And uh, so last night at three thirty in the morning, she figured it out. <laughs> yeah, cool. So that's progress then. <laughs> that's progress, but yeah, like he just he's, um, he says, I did not think that's where that was going to so go. So <laughs> as far as watching this week, as far as things that would be 
of any interest to this show. We've been we watched Pirates, the first Pirates of the Caribbean oh, yeah. with the kids. Yep. Um, you know, we just started the new season of Apex Legends, which is you know one of the bigger FPS video games out there right now, and um, that company Respawn is doing absolutely incredible things with their storytelling for an FPS. And I really, really hope that EA will let Respawn make the next Star Wars shooter. Uh, yeah, I've, awesome. I have, uh, I've seen that game, and it does look really... Uh, I understand why people enjoy it. So The it, kids it like to like, watch it. It's like somebody's going to do. I've been still watching <clears> some uh, Star Trek. I've been going back and forth between... I've been watching back through the Clone Wars... So I've been watching that and I've been watching Star Trek and I watched a couple of episodes of X-Files this week, but I honestly have not watched hardly any TV this week. So right. nothing exciting going well, on in my viewing habits. That's just something we've been, you know, bringing up every week. What mm -hmm. have we been binge watching during quarantine? But everybody <laughs> seems like we're all kind of getting busy with other things. So yeah. we, we do have a couple of news items this week, though. I'm sorry. Can y'all hear the thunder? Yep. Well, nothing you can do about thunder. I mean, you can tell it no. to shut up, like in like in Monty Python, but it tell it to bugger <laughs> off. All right. So we're trying, we do have a couple of news items this week. We the New Mutants now has its fifth release date <laughs> in the wow. last three years. So August twenty eighth, two thousand twenty, uh, and this one I'm hoping actually hits. Y'all all know my love for New Mutants and my anticipation of this movie. Um, I'm just wondering, do we think we're still going to make this date? Because at places like California and New York, it seems they they are just dragging on and on and having a lot of a lot of trouble getting things in these states reopened. And I'm just hoping there's enough theaters open. And Marisha said something earlier about something plans to open in July. Um, and do do we think we're going to get enough theaters open to hit some of these release dates that have been announced? You know, that that's a really good question. I hadn't thought about it like that. But, you know, if New York and L.A. are still locked down, like, I don't know. That's a lot right. of theaters. Yeah. that And, yeah. and who... You know, I mean, the thing is, at this point, even if the theaters are open, are people going to be turning out in mass to watch things? Like, you know, we're looking at, I mean, churches are, are still, you know, trying to figure out how to, to keep people six feet apart on Sunday mornings. Like, and if people aren't even assembling for religion, how many people are going to go to a movie theater? Well, let's be honest, too, though. More people go to the movie theaters than do church. That's true. I also live in Mississippi, I mean, so you get a little bit right. of a different I mean, work perspective, exactly. I guess. It's, it's going to be if people are told it's safe to go out and those theaters are open and we are an entertainment-driven society, people are going to go see these movies whenever the theater is open. I just wonder when that's going to be and how much our theater experience is going to change. Yeah. We were having that conversation um, off air a little while ago. Yeah, and I'm so kind of the way 
and without getting political about this or anything, a lot of states are starting to open up. We're going to know in the next couple mm. of weeks. Yeah. What's you know whether this thing's going to like blow up or if it's just going to fizzle. Going to fizzle out and not mm-hmm. it be near what some of the predictions said it was. At that point, if you have a large portion of the country open and you've still got LA and New York and some of these places locked down, people are going to start going a little nuts mm-hmm. in those places that are still locked down. Um, right. mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not totally sure what to expect as far as that goes. I, I don't, I mean, you can, we can't stay locked down forever. You know, you hear people talk about staying locked down until there's a cure. It's like, it, it can't work that yeah, way. Right. Like people have to eat. Yeah. Right. Right. And what I, what I was seeing a lot of recently, and maybe I'm just misinterpreting uh, how the world actually is feeling about things. But from what I've seen on various social media things and on the news, because I've been trying to kind of keep up with it, it seems like a lot of people are leaning towards what you were just saying, Andrew, where it's like, okay, wait a minute. What is it that we're waiting for? Hmm. What is the goal that we're trying to get to? Before the quarantine things ends, and I'm not going to give my opinion. Yeah, you know, we're not yeah. like you said. I'm trying to well, get political, well, it's, but it's, it's like keep, they keep moving the finish line. It was flatten right. the curve, and now it's like find a cure. It's like right. It's like, <laughs> not, that's not how that's not how science works. It's, this isn't science fiction. Uh, um, that's why we have a podcast about it because the, the real world isn't like that. And so Thank it's going to take years before there's some sort of vaccine or something like that. So. Yeah. What is the goal? What are we aiming towards? And eventually, it's just all sort of gonna, you know, have to go either go back, back to normal. Or the, the world's gonna end, and well, I hope it goes back to normal. Um, and right. it seems like things are kind of moving in that direction. I've said that before and been entirely wrong, so I don't know anything. I'm just a dude, so don't listen to me. But that's just what I see. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think that the long-term effects on entertainment are gonna be noticeable. Yeah, particularly with theaters. I mean, you're talking some of these chains that that may not survive it. And one of the things we were talking about before this uh, we kicked yeah. off the show was um, AMC had just recently spent, I don't even remember, several billion dollars uh, revamping their theaters. And they're, they're incredibly nice theaters. Yeah, they were before. They were before. They were always nice theaters. But, I mean, AMC really set out to be the nicest theaters. Mm-hmm. And I, I think yeah. they did a pretty good job of that. And then they put out AMC, uh, the A-List, which is a fantastic deal. We don't have it. but We don't do it because yeah. we don't live near an AMC theater. You know, we have to drive two hours to one, so it wasn't worth it to us right now. But, um, you know, the, the AMC was doing really great things, but I... Uh, it was being talked about earlier this week. Uh, John Campia was one of the ones talking about it that, uh, you know, Amazon has been wanting to get more and more into the entertainment industry in different ways. And uh, there, it looked like there's a least a fair chance that a, that Amazon may be ready to swoop in and buy EMC. Right. And I'm not sure that that's a bad idea or not. I mean, Amazon, well, Certainly a company with the capital to to pull it off. And at AMC, you know, we talked uh, last time we recorded about AMC and their deal with Universal. That, you yeah. know, there's some, some bumps in the road there. Well, and it, 
it may just be something they're ready to to do. Well, I think kind of the deal, and I'm I'm just gonna. This is what Campia was saying about it, and you know, Campia has a long history with AMC. Uh, yeah. So he's kind of got his finger on the pulse of what goes on at AMC, and AMC is a fantastic company. It's been a very good yeah. company for a long time. It's not mismanaged. They just they they invested a lot of money and then got shut down. Right. And so now they're hurting to pay off these debts. I want to say it's in the neighborhood of like five billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Right. And, yeah, and and so a company like Amazon look can look at a company like like AMC and go there's nothing in, in, and again this is this was what John Campia was saying there's nothing wrong with AMC we can buy it we don't have to like make any changes like the management's fine Correct. so we can we can come in with the capital wipe out the debt and just get things going again and Correct it sounds and, and that's like kind of a, what I'm a- I'm, and that's exactly where I think people's mindsets are and kind of what I was getting to a minute ago, you know, they're also, they're in a situation where uh, they're looking at when they're coming, when coming back, they may not have the, the revenue they anticipated with things like, you know, the dispute they're having with universal now. Right. So, uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong. And, and if Amazon buys AMC, we're not going to see any big changes in the way that company's ran. No. It is well, it's like you were just alluding to. There's nothing wrong with the company. They're just going to buy it and own it and let it make money. Well, and, and another thing you Campio know. pointed out was you're talking about Amazon. You're already talking about a company that's in the business of selling other people's stuff, like selling other yep, people's other go. companies' movies. So this is this is really not a totally new concept for Amazon. So no. it makes sense for them to get into this business. And AMC is, I mean, if, if they can take over AMC, I mean, they suddenly become the owner of the movie franchise right now for cinemas. Yeah. And really still the best one. And because <sighs> theaters, the, the movie tavern, not to call them out by name, but just that concept. And I haven't been a fan of that. I would still rather go to a traditional theater like an AMC and I'm not a fan of having food served in the theater while I'm sitting there trying to enjoy my movie. And there are literally waiters walking by me in front of the screen. That just <laughs> it yeah. pisses me off, to be quite honest with you. I don't order any food in the theater I, because I'm not trying to disturb the people watching the movie. And it kind of makes me mad that people are just willing to do that. So like it's nothing. That's, I hate that. So, in AMC is the type of theaters that we still need that are still going to thrive. And whether Amazon buys it or not, it's it's not going away. That's so. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, we also David saw uh, a tweet earlier. David, I wanted you to tell me about that tweet about from the end of the Spider Verse live action. What what was it? Uh, it was from Chris Miller. Uh, director of i think there's just like three directors technically on into the spider-verse but uh um, yeah one of the directors of into the spider-verse he tweeted out uh, i think it was probably during some kind of like watch along thing going on for into the spider-verse he tweeted out that uh there's been a lot of speculation about this but he actually confirmed that that he definitely pitched and pushed really hard to make into the spider-verse a live action 
Spider-Man movie featuring all three actors who have played Spider-Man, and that would be Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And that's something he wants to do, and that he's still pushing for. And he's, uh, he think he said before, like he's still pushing for this to happen. And Sony, and, and and he put it in quotes. Sony said it was too soon, sort of implying yeah. that maybe this we'll is something eventually. that Sony has had on their mind, but will come eventually. Because I would have to agree, it probably is too soon for that. Um even though the first Spider-Man came out like 20 years ago, but um, yeah. I could, uh, it, it, I sort of, you sort of get the feeling um, and the implication that this is something that is actually actively being tossed around at Sony. And I, well, I believe it. Cause they're, if they're, if they're thinking about making a silver sable movie, then they are thinking about making a live action Spider-Verse movie. Like they're throwing out everything. So that was, that was the tweet. And it was kind of interesting to get it confirmed that it is definitely something that is being actively talked about and pushed for and a real possibility. And I would love to see that. I would love to see Toby Maguire and um, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield Andrew all Garfield. doing, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. I think that would be super fun. And, you know, the thing is, nostalgia is bankable. It is. That's true. Nostalgia is... I mean, the number, especially right now, is it's. I don't know exactly what it is about the climate right now, but nostalgia is selling right now, and I think that if nostalgia continues to sell the way that it is right now, I think live action into the Spider Verse is a very, especially if it's something that's kind of being thrown around. I think it definitely happens. Oh, you think like this is like it's going to happen. It seems like you think. I think so. I think, you know, as you're fond of saying, I mean, it's like, here's money. Who's going to turn right. down, you know? Right. right. Yeah, and I, like I, I said, agree. they were that, that all was kind of the reason I wanted you to bring it up was because I think it's an interesting topic to discuss as far as I think they could pull it off. I'm not sure. I don't know. When you watch the animated film that we did get, they do kind of allude to whenever each of the Spider-Man has given you their little background. You can tell from certain scenes, okay, this character lives in the universe that the Sam Raimi Spider-Man lived in. That one lives in the comic book universe. This one, you know, so my only thing is, though, it kind of makes me think he, that maybe they could have done what he's talking about doing in the animated film. Make this the... Right. Make the two Spider-Men, both, one of them be Andrew Garfield's version, one of them be Tobey Maguire's version. Let Tobey Maguire voice one and Andrew Garfield the other. Yeah. Not that I'm upset with the voice cast we okay. got at all. So, okay, but, but, so here's the thing. I, real quick, just let me interject. So is there, the what you're pointing out is that there's this difference in all the characters we pulled into Spider-Verse. They're not all the same Peter Parker. They're, right. right. And so... Are the three sp- big Spider-Man movie actors, are their characters different enough to pull the same thing off? Yeah. I, I mean, their stories so. their stories are, are all parallels. I mean, they're... They, uh, they are. The, but, one thing they all have in common is Uncle Ben died. Well, maybe. Maybe if Marvel would say his freaking name in the Tom Holland movies, then maybe, but maybe not. Who knows uh, what actually happened there. 
but right but i see what you're saying is that they are they're all when you when you have into the spider-verse you have a noir person you have mm-hmm. um a, an anime chick in a in a mech these are all just spider-man these are all like prom version spider-man but they could have included you know if chris miller's idea was to include toby Maguire and andrew garfield it and it in in the end of the Spider Verse movie, he could have done that in the animated movie that he made. That's true, right? And I, I I'm going to tell you real quick why I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. okay, because I don't think Andrew Garfield's coming back. I don't think Tobey Maguire's going to do it again. Well, Tobey Maguire, I think, would be interested. Like, I'm really surprised. I know there was a big push. People wanted Tobey Maguire to be Uncle ben. to be Uncle Ben in the new one, and they could yeah. still do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's, you know, he's certainly old enough at this point to do that. But that's the other thing. Like, if you're talking live action, like, Toby, Toby McGuire's not, I mean, he's going to have to seriously work to get in any kind of shape to play Spider Man. He might be old enough to be an Uncle Ben for the Tom Holland version in a flashback if we want to flashback a few years. But if you look at Toby McGuire, he also still looks young enough to be Spider Man. He does, but physically. I- I'm just talking Physical, like okay, you, physical. I, I see what you're saying, but if you if you look at Spider-Man three in that scene when he's ripping off the black suit, he wasn't looking too great. No, no, <laughs> he was never like ripped Spider-Man. He was never like super ripped. I mean, he was never a Tom Holland, right? But, but you know I what? still have doubt. I know that Peter B. Parker, he was fat. That was kind of his whole thing. That, that's like, true. That was part of his thing. Now Andrew Garfield was kind of slighted by Sony. Yeah. When Sony decided instead of making another movie that they were going to hand it off to Disney. Yeah. And right. he, yeah. if I recall, was not, he, he felt slighted. Like he wasn't just like, yeah, oh, it is what very, it is. Yeah, like, unhappy. so. And he was a good Spider-Man. I thought he did a good job. Now the other side of that, and it's not like Andrew Garfield's necessarily showing up in a ton of stuff. Right. So he might be willing to do it just for that sole reason, but. Just at face value, I, I would be curious if it's something he would come back for. Well, yeah. wait a minute. We're going Andrew Garfield not showing up in a ton of stuff, but everything he shows up in, the man is nominated for every award on the planet. Andrew nowadays. Garfield is a great actor. He was a fantastic Spider-Man. Yeah, but we're saying, saying he's does not need the work. Does not need the work or the recognition if that's what you're implying. The only thing wrong with that second Spider-Man movie was. Uh, Jamie Fox. There's a lot of Oh, really? That's the only thing. It's not the it? only thing, but if you take Jamie Fox out of it, it's at least a decent film. I agree. I'm a, I, and I'm a fan of Dane DeHaan. You know what though? That his, that take on Green Goblin don't work either. Oh, I didn't sure love does. the Green Goblin version. Sure no. There's a lot about the Amazing Spider-Man movies that epically failed. In many the different ways. One, the first one I actually think works really well. I like that movie. And, the and, second and Amazing Spider-Man movie is it's 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 not very good. The second yeah. Amazing Spider-Man movie is is borderline unwatchable for me, <laughs> except for the Emma Stone Andrew Garfield moments. Yeah, I think they're and great because together. they do. Yeah, they have great chemistry. Well, they're, they're both good actors. Yeah. yeah, they're very good actors. They're they're easily the best pair. That the other but Andrew Garfield is the best actor who's portrayed Spider-Man. I mean to say that he's the best Spider-Man. Okay. By any means. I think he's but, the worst of the Spider-Man. We right. Have. Well, he's... Spider-Man, he's mostly fine, but he is the worst Peter Parker. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, he and it's I, not I, that he's anything I, wrong with what he's doing. It's just like it's it's like he just like he's not Peter Parker. Like and it's not his not his fault. He just he's not Peter Parker. Right. It's different. It's a different take on it. It's a very different take. But I would still love to see him back. Like okay, let's just let's get back to like the idea of these three in a in an animated. Or live action. Either one I think would be pretty awesome. But these three in an Into the Spider-Verse movie, I I think would actually be really incredible. But part of me feels like it would kind of probably end up being a disappointment. I feel like if we were to get that movie and we were to finally get to sit down and see it, there's something tells me that I'd walk out of that theater being like, oh, okay, they did that. Like, I really don't know where they would go with it or what they would do, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not the one in charge of making it. So I'm still more of the mind that the spider verse stuff is just going to work better animated. I agree. I think that I, I love what they're doing with that. I, mm-hmm. I can't wait for the sequel. I loved into the spider verse. It was probably, it's probably my favorite Spider-Man movie. I think it's excellent. Well, that's the if thing is to you, make- you took a, you took a, the fact that they were able to make an animated feature film about Spider-Man that is now listed in a lot of people's favorite superhero movies. Right. And it, it is. It's one of mine for sure. I think it's a great superhero movie. I, I think it's the first movie in a long time since Spider-Man two, that really got back to the core of what Spider-Man is all about. Yeah. And that's what makes it important to me. So I love it. I love, and I, I don't think that, they should have changed that movie at all. Right. I don't think they should have done anything different from what they did. Yeah. I feel like if they were to make this Spider-Verse movie featuring Tom, Andrew, and, and Toby, it would be pretty much, it might be called Spider-Verse, but it would be its entire other thing. At least not what I want it to be, yeah. this entire other thing. Yeah. But um, I mean, th- right. now the, the fact that they were able to do that with animation, though, it's really one of only, because it was really only the second time that somebody's pulled that off with an animated movie where you're going to rank it alongside these like modern, you know, blockbuster blockbuster hits. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the other is the Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, which is still, by the way, the Incredibles is a perfect movie. It is. Yeah. It's the best fantastic four movie we've ever gotten. (laughs) True story. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt. Uh-huh. It is. It is perfect. I know this is off topic, but it is perfectly paced. It's got the right mix of humor and drama and of family relationships, and it's Action. just it. It's a perfect movie, but that's the subject for another time, anyway. Mm-hmm. But the it, to, to stay on topic, though, I don't expect to see this either. And I am like David. If we do see it. It it has to be something. It would also it would almost need to be set outside of the Spider-Man universe you set up within the Spider-Verse. Uh-huh. Like you you already introduced all those different Spider-Men, so now there are three other totally separate ones that we didn't like. It, you know, you, you mm-hmm. kind of got to let it stand alone if you're going to do it. Do I think they could pull it off? Yes. Do I think we're ever going to see it? I, I don't. I, there, I think there's too much. There's just too much going on there. I, I don't. I don't think that. I, I don't think we're going to get it. And I don't really, frankly, I don't think we need it. 
So I would uh, only say we don't need it because I really do feel like it would be a disappointment because I would go into that thinking this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. This is amazing. They finally did it. We're seeing Tobey Maguire get a Spider-Man. We're going to get a bit more of of his story. They're going to all be together. It's going to be so hilarious. All the quips. And I just don't. And, you know, you make a good point with the whole they're all pretty similar. I think they're all very different interpretations. But they well, are all closer together than the characters in Into the Spider-Verse probably were, right? Yeah. So it might, actually seeing them all together, might end up being a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. It, I could see that happening where I, I don't know how they would play off of each other because they kind of all would be... I mean, I would love to see them like comparing notes and stuff like that. Uh, I think that would be hilarious. But now that I'm thinking about it, I might just want to see them in like an anime. I think it might be better if you ever did just to animate it and make it look just. I know they kind of implied that like Peter well, B. Parker was totally Tobey Maguire, <laughs> but it wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't Tobey Maguire because it didn't look like him and it wasn't him. So it's not him. But if they were to do that, I think it would work really well. But they they did use some of the. He had, the, some use, the, he had the same experiences as Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man from the same yes, Raimi films. Yes, I agree. But I also think it's possible to think that two different Spider-Man from two different universes both stop the train. Yeah. But, but I do think that you're right, anyway, though. I, I agree with you. They definitely purposely did that. But it's it's not yeah, they him. Did. And I don't, I well, don't they did the Spider-Man three It was, it was little Easter eggs. It was references. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, we can, we can move on for that. Because I, I wanted to... to the next one, and this is actually a property I don't think we've ever talked about before, um, but there is a live-action Percy Jackson series in development at Disney+, Plus, which will cover all five of the original books. Uh, author Rick <coughs> Riordan uh, is going to be involved in the show in every aspect, he says. And... I don't know that we've ever talked about the Percy Jackson properties. Those movies kind of went away before we started doing this podcast. So, yeah, I there think are what three I, of them? I think this is really interesting, though. Yeah, um, it's a it's a property with a lot of potential. The the first Percy Jackson movie, you know, I was was fine for what it was. I think it's a, uh, and especially putting on Disney Plus, I think that's where its audience probably is. I think yes. it would make a great series. I think it'd be great for Disney Plus. It can hit that you kind of hit that young adult, um, pre preteen to young adult kind of age bracket, and you know they're imaginative books. I think this has a lot of potential. Yeah, I think you're right, and you know the thing. I mean, Disney is always going to be Disney. So it's always going to have that going for them. But, I mean, you can't forget that Netflix has Narnia and Amazon has Lord of the Rings. So I think that there's kind of, they they wanted something in that same kind of niche to directly compete. Um, directly compete with, with what other people are going going for. I think that's a great point. That that's kind of that's a, that's a when you think about it. That's kind of a um, a market that Disney has not seemed to really tap into. Yeah. Compared to the other things, like they got Star Wars, they got Marvel, 
when I say fantasy and Disney, what do you what comes to mind? Star Wars. Because I don't know. Star Wars, yes, yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> but you know, like traditional fantasy. Like what do they got? Nothing like Andy Percy Jackson. Yeah. I mean, now, uh, other than than their fairy tales, you know. I mean, I they mean, do tons of. I mean, that's the thing is Disney is built on fantasy storytelling. I right? mean, well, and that's the other thing is though. I think that um, what's the big um, musical series with the the kids of the superheroes, not the superheroes, the fairy tale oh, characters. Oh my gosh! No, no. Oh my gosh, The Descendants. The Descendants, okay? Uh, so, okay, you moan and groan, but my nine-year-old thinks it's awesome. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, it's I know, man, been, my five-year-old does it. It's been a really big hit with kids, but I think that they're about to be done with The Descendants because one of the actors... Um, I don't know if you remember a couple of months ago, the kid yeah, tragically died. Um, and, yeah. and I think that that may be the end of, of those, those movies. And I think that yeah. they may be mm-hmm. looking for something mm-hmm. a little different. I mean, and, and they're getting older too. Their, their actors are getting a little older. They're in their twenties now. They're not necessarily looking to do Disney musicals forever. So they need right. the new thing. And Percy Jackson is a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more mainline it's, it's fantasy, not, yeah. but let's not for. I mean, because like we were like like we were saying, you know, the fairy tale is at the core of what fantasy storytelling is. Yeah. So Disney, the the house that Mouse built, it's built on fantasy storytelling. Right. But as far mm-hmm. as what we would consider. I don't even know how to describe traditional it. Traditional fantasy. Epic, epic, right, epic right fantasy? but the fairy tale is traditional fantasy. It's, it's the oldest form of fantasy. I think he's right, though. I think it's that that epic fantasy. Yeah, Lord, oh, the, 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 the stuff that's built. Well, in the stuff that's more Lord of the Rings. High fantasy. High fantasy. Right. High fantasy. That's, that's the, yeah, high fantasy. The yeah. Fran- just the franchise. Like, yeah, they're built on it, but they don't have that. They don't have that. The rings. They don't have the Narnia. They don't have that that singular product. That so yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's definitely a market for Percy Jackson, Um, even if it doesn't seem like it at first. I was a theater kid, um, and it was like you know two years ago that I was in high school. But um, when I was in theater, the the theater kids they loved The Descendants. They never shut up about the Descendants. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them also really loved Percy Jackson a yeah. lot. Um, they are two something completely was, different things, though. It, I, it's I'm not, just saying that... Not a comparison. I only, I only brought up the Descendants because Marissa just mentioned it, but I'm just saying that like there are, are a lot of people who are that kind of kid, the kind of kid that likes things like Descendants, also really likes Percy yep. Jackson. Yep. People who really like Harry Potter that are kids... Yes. Also, really like Percy Jackson. There is definitely a market. Where I think it belongs in, which is yeah, you're right. That is more of a room that it belongs in. And and Percy Jackson for a lot. I knew I knew a lot of kids, like like you know, juniors and seniors in high school who never got the opportunity to read the Harry Potter books, but they read those Percy Jackson novels like crazy in middle hmm. school, and they are still angry about those movies that weren't good. <laughs> Yeah, they will. Not, they they are not afraid to tell you how mad they are. Right. So there Which is, is why I think it's promising to have uh, Rick Riordan actually, as he 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 promised his fans he would be 
directly involved in every aspect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a promising sign for this. I mean, it's, um, yeah. I, I, I'll watch it. I'm actually going to look forward to it. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. It'll be good for Disney. It'll be good for the property. It's going to have, I think it'll do well. I have high hopes for this. So how long till they remake Harry Potter? Y'all think we're putting Ooh. money on it. How long? Never. That's a good question. Never. Remake Harry Potter. Never. It's gonna no. It's gonna happen until they remake <laughs> Harry Potter as a like series of unfortunate events, a season per book. Mm. Now here's the thing with that. Okay, the series of unfortunate events, the Jim Carrey film, was that need to be redone. You, that that TV show is so much better. Yeah. Than the movie. Yeah. Um, if at first you don't get it right, try, try again. Right? So right. Yeah. they got Harry Potter right already. Let's leave it alone. Do we want them to go back? I mean, we, keep getting, we keep getting more Star Wars movies. Do you want an Empire Strikes Back remake? Well, no. You're not going to remake one no. of the most perfect movies ever made, though. Not, you're not going to remake The Godfather either. Yeah, but, yeah, well, that, that you can say that's your Harry point, Potter. but you can't compare Harry Potter to Empire Strikes Back. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. There's nothing wrong with those Harry Potter movies. There's no need to remake them. Right, but when you talk Empire, when you talk Empire, you're not just talking about one of the best science fiction movies ever made. You're literally talking about one of the best movies ever put to screen. Well, and I think there's all... Harry Potter is great, but it's not on that list. I think there's also a difference. It does not need to be remade. I didn't say that it needs to be remade. Lots I of just things get remade that don't need to be remade. Did Footloose need to be remade? No. Did they remake it? Remade. Yes. I know why. Because money. Because money. And because I mean, money. the thing is, at some point, I mean, okay, so do you even remember any of the Harry Potter movies coming out, David? I remember um, the last midnight couple of them. I went to the midnight premiere on my birthday. My daddy took me to the midnight premiere on my birthday. It was great. Um, I remember the I remember the last couple coming out, but honestly, before that, I don't. I can't tell you what happens in, in the Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. I'm just going to say, yeah. as someone who was not like a big Harry Potter, I've never read the books, I never cared to. I've watched most of the movies, but if I walk, there's nothing remarkable about those movies. You walk, I can walk through a room, the kids are watching one, and I have to stand there for 10 minutes to figure out which one they're watching. Because there's nothing remarkable about them. They're okay, they're good, but they're not, they're not incredible pieces oh, of cinema. Andrew. Batman's Andrew, in one. Andrew. Please. <laughs> Completely going to disagree on this. That that those are incredible the, pieces of cinema. They're I dated, like, like the graphics. They, like like there were there are so many movies made before them whose effects hold up so much better. The cast I, is I don't great. Agree with that either. I don't think there's anything wrong with those effects. I was watching Prison of Azkaban the other day. The entire scene with the night bus is fantastic. The night bus is great. I mean, I'm not oh, saying yeah, the movies yeah. are bad. I'm just saying, like, there's, there's nothing money. remarkable about them. Look, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. That's all I'm going to tell you. The, those <laughs> movies, 
they are actually, honest to God, they are the best book-to-film adaptation I've ever seen. They're better than Lord of the Rings. They oh. are the best book-to-film adaptation I've ever seen. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Let me explain. But they're okay. not better than Lord of the Rings. They're not. They're In no way, shape, or form are they better than those wait movies. Wait a second. Are the individual movies better than, better than Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies? No, they're not. What I mean by best book to film adaptation I've ever seen is those, what they were able to put in those movies out of those books, they got 100% right. There are absolutely no changes. They didn't cut out Tom Bombadil. <laughs> there you go. Which actually, I'll actually tell you, Tom Bombadil didn't need to be in the Lord of the Rings movies. That was fine. They left that out. There, there, there's so much content in a book, you can't get it all in a film anyway. But what they did adapt to film, they got 100% perfect every time. Okay, so just to tally up the, uh, the conclusion, Daniel thinks... No way will we ever remake Harry Potter. Andrew thinks there's money sure. to be made. They will do it. David, what's your what's your vote? I think, just to toss in here, um, they're not going to make, you know, you try to use like the Star Wars example. Like they're not going to remake Star Wars. Star Wars and Harry Potter are very different things. Harry Potter is this franchise that, you know what works? Are it's a is watching Harry Potter grow up and the characters grow up with you, and it is a franchise that is like ripe for remaking. It is like it is like, I, just oozing to like pick a young actor to play Harry Potter again and let a whole new generation of kids grow up with him and experience that story. I think that it probably will be remade. I think that it definitely. I think it'll definitely eventually be remade. Um. Probably, I would say we. I, I think we're probably going to see another first Harry Potter movie, like like a reboot Harry Potter thing, whether it's TV or film, within the next ten years. I would say ten years. I think I'm not probably they need to. Yeah, and I, I think I'm with you. I don't think I don't think I'd say they need to, but I think in ten years they cast Daniel Radcliffe as James Potter, and they mm-hmm. start over. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I will say, like, I'm not on the oh yeah, reboot it. It needs it. I'm I'm very rarely on that bandwagon. Like, there are a handful of movies that I'm like, please reboot it because you didn't do it justice the first time. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter's not mm-hmm. one of those. Harry Potter does not need to be rebooted. But but will it be? Yeah, it's it's gonna be because there's money to be wait made. Uh, a sl- a sl- a sl- let's wait thirty years. Be rebooted either, but if we wait long enough, people are gonna you know for what? That's exactly what we're saying. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings isn't going to be rebooted either. Do you think they ever will? Uh, yeah. Um, Eventually. Yeah, probably. The only uh, reason that that they might not, because Lord of the Rings, you, you've got something to tackle there. Um, part of what made that movie, those, those movies, so magnificent was the way they put them together. And the fact they filmed them all at once. Here's the other thing about and Lord of the Rings. That was such a grueling thing. Like, I mean, when they were casting, they were getting down to like their fourth and fifth choice on actors because nobody was willing to commit to it. Yeah, right. people are like, I'm not leaving my family for four four years yeah. to film a Lord of the Rings movie. No. 
Um, Although, let's, let's be clear, the fact they got down to their fourth and fifth actors means that we didn't get to see Nicolas Cage Thank as... God. As Thank Aragorn. God. <laughs> Good. That's oh great. Oh, my God. Hey, Here's the thing that I think you're I'm missing. I'm not opposed Dad. to that. Oh. I am. I am. Here's the thing that I think you're missing. Movies like Star Wars and movies like Lord of the Rings, and don't get me wrong, I like Harry Potter movies. Movies Movies like Star Wars and movies like Lord of the Rings are timeless. From the way they were filmed, to the stories that they tell, to the universes they take place in, they are timeless. The special effects in Lord of the Rings are never going to look bad because they weren't special effects. They were models, models. that were built and filmed. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're always going to look good. They're timeless. The Harry Potter movies are great. They're not timeless movies. In the same way that... Honestly, ep- Star Wars Episode One could bear to be remade. The thing let's is, not Star lie. Wars Episode One. Let's not pretend like it's digital and you couldn't do an Episode One special edition and fix a lot of the problems. That's true, um, but in the same way that there are some issues with the effects in Episode One, you know, I think there are some similar issues with Harry Potter. But here's here's my thought comparing um, Harry Potter to. Um, Lord of the Rings, everybody reads Harry Potter still. If you have the slightest interest in fantasy, you read Harry Potter. A lot of really casual readers read Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Everybody does not read Lord of the Rings. For a ridiculous number of people, their first and only experience with Lord of the Rings is the movies. Right. So for a lot of people... Lord of the Rings isn't primarily a book. It's primarily those movies. Whereas Harry Potter is primarily the books and also the movies. And so I think there's always going to be remakes uh, like in the same way that every few years they remake Emma. Not because Emma needs to be remade. It's been done really well. But because every few years people want to tell that story their own way because people continually read the book and are like, I want to tell this story my way. So that's, that's kind of, you know what what's that? You know what I love about this show? Is we never nowhere, agree about anything. Nowhere on our topic list was anything about remaking Harry Potter. <laughs> and Andrew makes, Andrew makes an offhanded meaning nothing comment. And we get on the best topic we've had all night. <laughs> So, well, in a few years, whenever they remake um, Harry Potter, we'll pull this back out and tell you you were wrong, Daniel. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to boycott it. I'm not going to see it. There's nothing wrong with the first set of films. I don't think it's going to go in theaters. I think it's going to be on a streaming service. And also, you know. Hell no. Don't you dare take Harry Potter and put it on a streaming service. First of all, how much... Doing, hey, we're, doing, we're doing Star Wars and Lord of the Rings on streaming services. We are, but we had those theatrical films. Are you really going to remake the... Harry the yeah, but are we really going to remake the same six stories that we already have for Harry Potter and let them be streaming instead of in theaters again? We'll see. I think only because it looks like everything is moving towards streaming mm-hmm. and it's probably it's probably going to be a thing that people in suits are going to look at and be like, let's put it on streaming service. Now, I will say this. If we have a Harry Potter TV series 
and it's set somewhere between Fantastic Beast and the Harry Potter um, novels. I'll watch that. I'll watch a TV series about, you know, um, James Potter and uh huh. I was actually thinking that you get the Order of the Phoenix. Having... Yeah. Yeah, get the original Order of the Phoenix. You know, I was thinking about the Marauders. Let's see their time when they were in Hogwarts, whenever mm-hmm. they were bullying Snape, which isn't very nice. But either way, I mean, you get my point. Let, we can see that period in, the, in, in their lives when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. I would watch that. Do uh, Am I interested in seeing them remake the main story? No, I'm not. Let's get a Hagrid miniseries. Oh. I would watch a miniseries. You're darn right. Yeah. Yeah, so. not one about him younger, and then another one about him now. Yeah, like mm-hmm. just old man Hagrid, being Hagrid. <laughs> they the story would really like to see, but we're kind of getting it in the um, in the Fantastic Beast movies is Dumbledore and um, oh crap, Grindelwald, uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. I would, we're, you know, we're kind of getting some of that story in the Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. <laughs> what's uh, next in our topic? Any, <laughs> any, other thoughts, any other thoughts, guys? Before we move, any other thoughts about stuff we didn't plan on talking about in the first place? I think we just, uh, I think we pretty much exhausted. Um, yeah. the things okay. that we have got done so far. So All Percy right. Jackson TV show. Yes. Yeah, that's actually the topic we were on, but I think we kind of yeah, talked yeah. about it too. So no, I uh, think it's a good move for have... Disney to do it. Yeah. 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 So the uh, <clears throat> the next thing I was going to get to then was actually our weekly or semi-weekly, uh, whenever we get to it, X Files reviews. Yes. Um, David had never seen X Files before. Andrew and I were huge fans of this show growing up. Uh, Marisha likes everything about it except for uh, Tombs. So now you've caught up on what we're on X Files. Oh, I'm also not watching the. Andrew was going through trying, you know, like finding, making a list of future episodes to watch. I'm also not watching the Sweeney Todd episode. Oh, come on. I'm not there for it. It's more. not like a musical, but it's like a murders in a meat market, meat packing nope. facility. Nope, ain't nope. doing that. Nope. All right, so skip that week. So <laughs> as I've been, which which ones are we talking about this week? Okay, so we're still doing season one, and I kind of started looking ahead, and part of the reason I'm, I know it feels like I've just given season one episodes. The thing is, is the season one, as far as top to bottom has the best seasons and so many important ones for really beginning to understand where the series goes after this. So we're going to do a lot of season one episodes. Once we get into season two, there'll be a little more skipping around. Right. Um, not, watched- that, not that they're not all really good and worth watching, but season two, there there's definitely not as many that I'm like, Oh, he absolutely has to see that one. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've got a few kind of lined up, but this week, if I'm not mistaken, I gave you Eve. You gave me Eve, Eve. Fallen Angel, and Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we uh, touched a little bit on Fire last week. 
with the talk. Did we or did we just talk about it after the show? I think we talked about it after. Did the we talk show. about it after? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's just take them in order. Uh, Fallen Angel was the one I kind of we didn't talk uh, X Files last week, so we had two episodes to talk about. I went ahead and gave you a third one for this week. Did you get a chance to watch Fallen Angel? Yeah, I did watch Fallen Angel. I watched all three. Okay, Fallen Angel was the next in the mythology episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a really good. It's one of my favorite. Um, it was great. Uh, of the mythology episodes from season one, and it's one of our last. We got a couple at the end of the season for for mythology stuff, but it's really one of the last really important mythology episodes for the season. I uh, thought it was great. I loved it right off the bat. Um, one of my favorite things I'm noticing about about this show um, is all of the uh, openings to the episodes, and mm-hmm. it's always exciting to see like. So what's going to happen, you know, this episode? What are we going to see? Uh, and I love seeing Mulder getting all, uh, like, black ops sneaking mm-hmm. into the whole military right. thing and, uh-huh. and getting in there. That was a lot of fun. I just love seeing the adventures that they're going to get themselves into. Uh, like I said last time we talked about X-Files, I love seeing them just drop into the world and, and, and let's see what's going on in this corner of the universe today. And yeah. overall, I, I really enjoyed the episode. It was a great mythology episode. Every time I see one of these, I feel like I'm getting just a little bit more, just a little tiny bit more of the puzzle, and it's all going to come together. Um, uh, yeah, you think that. Oh, it, hope the so. mythology does conclude. It's going to take us a while to get it there. Does. I know. I figured yeah. it's going to take a while. Like I, I said, very, very tiny bits of episode we're getting here. Right. Um, but I thought it was really cool. I always love the mystery. I, I love... My favorite part of watching X-Files so far is is thinking, my head racing at the beginning, saying, okay, so is this going to be extraterrestrial? Or is it just going to be something wacky and weird? Or what's going to happen? Like, what what's actually going on here? Mm-hmm. Or people abducted? Or people not abducted? And I love seeing all that unfold. And I thought it was a really fun episode for that. And um, I really love, part of me, I hated it at first, but I'm starting to kind of love it. The idea that they don't solve the problems really mm-hmm. like they keep getting stonewalled by these dudes in suits yep and it's so frustrating i love Mulder like blowing up at the end being like i, I love the idea that they established in this episode that there are more people like Mulder, people that are following him mm-hmm. people have started catching on um and and it's gonna and, and Mulder says it to the, you know, dudes in suits at the end. He's like, you can't, what does he say? He says, um, no government has jurisdiction over the truth. Right. I love that line. And um, I love seeing that, all that all that build up. And I love seeing Mulder blow up, stand up for himself. Every episode with him, just like more and more of his character. I love seeing it build. A fantastic character. Yeah. So I did want to ask, because this is something Mulder does, and he's done it in a lot of the episodes I've actually given you to watch, where mm-hmm. when somebody starts talking about aliens, like Mulder doesn't say, oh, yeah, th- you know, there's aliens. Mulder always says, oh, really? Why do you believe that? Right. I have noticed that. He's like a – I've noticed, and I think we talked about before, that he's a great detective. Mm-hmm. He's really good at his job, and he likes giving those – 
not really leading questions because leading question sounds bad, but these questions that sort of like when he, especially when Scully's with him or whatever, he wants them to say it too mm-hmm. because right. he doesn't because because Mulder it might seem like it, but he doesn't jump to conclusions all the time. Like these right. things are actually coming from from real evidence, places of logic, places right. of logic that he's gathering, and by getting these people he's talking to to work it out themselves and say, well, why do you believe that? Well, and what the, happened? the real trick, the real trick of it too is when he says, why do you believe that? He doesn't know what the answer is going to be. Right. Right. And they might, they might give him some experience he didn't know about and fill in another mm-hmm. piece of the puzzle for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, right. he's, he's constantly, Gathering all the information he can all the time. Like you said about him being a great detective. He's a great investigator. He's a great FBI agent. We've talked Mm -hmm. about it before. And he is constantly trying to gather all the data he can get. Mm -hmm. So. I love, I do love, I have noticed that. And I do think it's really great. And I know every time it happens, I'm like, there he goes again. Uh, Just being like, like a Sherlock, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of archetype character. That I love to see, and 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 it's so funny whenever he's talking like that, and Scully is like, "Oh wow, so what? You like you think they were taken by aliens or whatever?" And he's like, "No, like they do, or you know, so, you know what I mean." Mm-hmm. I, and that came out kind of weird, but you know what I mean, like proving to Scully that he's not alone, that mm-hmm. maybe he's not just a crazy person, and that these things are actually coming from logic and he spends his time investigating this kind of stuff and and actually f- figuring out the facts and this is where it comes from and he's so I think not that's great. he's not just out to find all the pieces to fit his narrative you know because that's right, the right. thing he's is for the truth he's he is looking for the truth because i mean that's if the thing a lot of them wrong he'll be perfectly happy with it Right, exactly. You know, and so I think that's one of the great things about Mulder is ultimately he's not looking for vindication. Mm-hmm. He no, thinks Mul- Mulder I, has a single-minded objective: is mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah. He just so ha- I mean, he has his his personal wanting to find out more about extraterrestrials because of his sister and everything. Right. But you're right; like he doesn't let that get in the way of the truth and there's a great example of that in the following episode that we also watched eve where once they start kind of realizing that these girls weren't they're not aliens you know it's not this it's not this alien thing we're just sort of realizing that he drops it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like towards that beginning part where scully starts putting together these these facts about other things and he draws and scully points it out just like oh so you don't think it's abductions anymore and it's like no, if if the if the facts in front of your face are pointing towards something, mm-hmm. then that's what it is. He's not gonna. He's not. He's not crazy, right? Well, you know, like the old saying: if the shoe fits, wear it, and if the shoe mm-hmm. don't fit, just move on. You yeah. know, and, and he does. Yeah. So, so, what did you think about uh, about Max? Uh, Max is an interesting character to me, and Max is mm-hmm. actually. Uh, kind of a prototype for some characters that they're going to introduce later. I think at the mm-hmm. end of this season, Daniel, are the long think, are the long gunmen introduced at the end of season one? No, I think they come along sometime in season two. Okay, so 
when we get to them, you'll see that this guy kind of serves as a prototype for them. But what did you think about the idea that Mulder's, not only is Mulder out there doing this stuff, there are literally people out there following his research. Right. And I mentioned that earlier. I That blew my mind. That was one of my favorite moments of the episode whenever, mm-hmm. whenever he said that and Mulder was like, how are you following it? And he's like, your travel records your papers published under crappy false names. Like Mm -hmm. there are people who are listening and I really loved it because it established that what Mulder is doing is not, even when it seems like it's all in vain, even when he gets stonewalled, that it's really not because it is building up this, this following of people. Right. And Max implied that he's not, he said like, we've been following. He's not the only one who's doing this. Right. And there are other people who are like-minded who just want to know the truth who just care about the truth and i i really loved max i thought he was really sympathetic and great and i loved that moment where they find out that he's schizophrenic and scully's all like oh okay so he thinks he was adopted he's schizophrenic and and Mulder's like no he doesn't think he was adopted like it's it's not that like right I know what I'm talking about, and I thought that was great. Um, I really wanted to see more of him. Yeah, like, I really enjoyed his character. Yeah, uh, it's like we talked about the thing last week, where this show's great at building up these characters that make you actually really care about them, and mm-hmm. and these characters who could be stars of their own show, right? That you just sort of drop into mm-hmm. and see what's going on. So yeah. I do. I did notice that idea that there's people who are following Mulder and I, I noticed that like it's setting up something like it's like it's, it's always building to a little bit piece of a little piece of the puzzle at a time mm-hmm. and it's building up to something and there are people he blow when he blows up at the suits at the end he's like there are people who are caring about the truth there are people who are paying attention and eventually you're not going to be able to deny them mm-hmm. that and I, I love that it's always ironic to see the character that works for the government being so irritated at the government <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's great and i think that's also really interesting to see like i love that dynamic of like Mulder's an fbi agent like he's technically a part of the government but right. things are not always as straightforward as they seem and things are complicated when especially when it comes to that sort of thing and, and it's um there's a lot of moving pieces and there to to work out and it makes things complicated in a lot of ways things ways that you don't expect all right. So the second episode I had you watch this week was Eve, mm-hmm. uh, which was you know uh-huh. is a monster of the week episode. Yeah. Uh, got some kind of crazy. Uh, oh, actually, step back for just a second because you did you did learn one more thing about Deep Throat at the end of um, at the end of the previous episode. At the end, at of, the Fallen, end of Fallen Angel. At the end of Fallen Angel, right? Right. Remind me. So he, at the end of Fallen Angel, that's when he's like, he's, oh, they're they're. I watched it a couple days ago. Yeah. So at the end of Fallen Angel, they're like, we had him. The, the guy goes and talks to Deep Throat, and he's like, we had him. Right. We could have gotten rid of him. Deep like, Throat's what did you do? It, Why did you who, stop who kept it? Kept him safe. Yeah. You know, and, and it so, seems like so Deep Throat is is actually a higher up in 
the FBI or the government, it seems. Right. And so you when, get that, that line, you know, that, that keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Line yeah, from so, deep throat. Which is, I, you're right. That was interesting. I didn't notice. I just, I, sorry. I saw a couple of days ago. So it kind of, yeah, no, mind, it's just yeah, a, um, a kind of a little piece we got there at the end. Because at first you meet deep throat and you kind of think that he might be on Mulder's side here, that he's just some guy, right? That's like, maybe like Max who's paying attention, who just, is powerful and is on Mulder's side here. But now you sort of start thinking like, what are his intentions? Mm-hmm. He's like, keep your enemies closer. So maybe he's, maybe he's not on the side of, of Mulder, but he also told Mulder that aliens exist. So it, it's, right. he's I'm playing somebody in a good way. Yeah. We'll see I'm a little, but in a good way. Yeah. We'll see a little bit more of him, but let's move on to Eve. Eve is one of those very memorable episodes of this show. Yeah. I know that um, Marisha hates tombs, but like I thought this was way creepier. Uh, yeah. It's pretty creepy. These little twin girls, like <laughs> the Eves, and at the end, it's like, "Hello, Eve Eight. We've been like, "Oh my, oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Right, was terrifying. Like the way they talk and just the the diabolical, evil little ugh, like. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, I loved it. It was great. I, I love. I love the openings. I love the opening of this one. I love the twist. It's, it, th- this episode did not go at all how I expected it to go. Yeah. Uh, which kept me really on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, I thought this was a really just fun Monster of the Week episode. I love, like I said already, I love jumping into an episode and thinking, what crazy crap do they got for me today? You know? Yep. Um, it was definitely was an expectation subverting episode because, you know, you're you're always set up to assume that the child is the innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's obvious, right? Clearly, this child is the victim. But right. they're not. They're it had been not. a long time since I saw it. But it's like I sat down to watch it and I turned it on. And like as soon as we saw that kid, I was like, yeah, I don't remember exactly how it all falls out. But I know she's the, you know, I know those yeah. two, those two kids are, or are communicating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it's definitely memorable. It was very memorable. I, I loved I love the WTF moments in this show mm-hmm. and this episode has had tons of them. Like every time something happened, it's like, I see it at first. I'm like, are, is this an episode about vampires? You know, you see that for right. like the, the looks like bite marks in the neck and blood's been sucked. It's like what? And then when they go to visit the next victim and they open it and it looks just like the girl from the first victim. And it's like, what? And, and every, I love, <laughs> I love those moments. Uh, mm-hmm. And it keeps building and really Really just entertaining. Yeah. Pure entertainment. Um, I mean, this this episode kind of harkens back to, you know, old um, kind of sci-fi horror thrillers, but like serialized stuff. It's very Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. Very Twilight Zone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. That was really great. Well, and that's kind of the thing about the X-Files is it tends to bring out, you know, a, a lot of really kind of Twilight Zone kind of ideas that really, they kind of explore. Very Twilight Zone, yeah. What were you about to say, Dad? I was just, Andrew had talked about Deep Throat a second ago, and that's kind of the thing about this show, and I had warned you about it already. 
nobody in the show is what they seem at first. They, mm-hmm. everybody, other than Mulder and Scully, everybody's got their own little agenda. Everybody's trying to manipulate them in one way or another. And th- this show was one of the first shows I can remember doing that really well, where there were multiple layers to everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really keeps you on your toes. It really, really does. And every time, the show does a great job of every time you get comfortable reminding you that things are not as they seem yeah. ever. Yeah. And you always have to be questioning. You can't get too comfortable with the truth. Freaking <laughs> Scully and, and Mulder got a little too comfortable mm-hmm. and they almost got poisoned. Right. You know? um, it, it's a perfect example of like, you can't fall into that trap. Yeah. The show's right. great at that. I think it's an obvious right. thing. Right. You know, this whole, the, the, because their whole premise was initially that these kids were somehow the victims. Right. That's just the assumption. Right. Like, yep, they're the victims. And, oh, uh, we got to take them into custody and protect them. And you know, another thing the X-Files does um, a lot in this episode was no exception, is kind of bringing in dark elements from our history, from real history, mm-hmm. and, and weaving them yeah. in. I mean, like when you go back to it, I mean... These kids were part of eugenics experiments during the Cold War to create super soldiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I, I did enjoy that. I, and I actually, when that, whenever that got brought up, I was like, "Oh crap!" Right, uh, they're they're doing that. Oh, okay, <laughs> they're really. Oh, she was a huge. Okay, yeah. that was a horrible, like, evil thing that actually happened in real life, and and we're we're gonna explore it. And they've done that a couple times, and I mm-hmm. think that's mm-hmm. a lot of. I think that keeps mm-hmm. like it keeps you on your toes. You never, you really do never know what's going to get brought up. Yeah, for sure. But there was there was one other episode this week. There was. Yeah. We also had fire, which is one we discussed just a little bit last week. Uh, one of one of my all time favorites, just because it has Mark Shepard in it. Uh-huh. It was great. This is my favorite episode so far. Um, and I noticed Mark Shepard because recently you guys had me watch Firefly mm-hmm. and Mark Shepard's in Firefly. And, he is. At, and at everything show, else. Huh? <laughs> and everything else. And everything else. Yeah. And he was great. And he was fantastic in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so like pure charisma, you know, mm-hmm. so interesting. This was, mm-hmm. this was my favorite episode so far because it's the one episode so far that I really like could not put down. Um, cause from the moment it starts, like I've said already, I love the openings mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen? They're going to be aliens. Someone's going to get abducted, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He's going, oh my God, he's on fire. <laughs> uh, that, that was like my actual mind. That was, that was my process right there. was like, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking while watching that. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, he's burning. <laughs> like they kept showing it. It's like, yeah, I, I couldn't watch it. Like I couldn't, it was gruesome. Like this, this guy's burning, he's screaming mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. And his and wife like, oh is standing God. there. Yeah. And his wife and his whole family. And it was so happy. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. my jaws drop. Like, oh no. And then he's painting oh. the dead gum house with rocket fuel. Right, exactly. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, by the time that you get to the end and you realize what he's done, it's like, oh my God. Like, we spent the whole episode watching him, mm-hmm. watching him paint the house with with rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you've been, why you didn't, you thought he, you know, he's just painting. He's doing the work mm-hmm. around the house, but in actuality, he's painting the entire house in rocket fuel. 
Right. I love it. I, it was, <laughs> oh my God, just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, I love seeing Mulder fighting his fears. I yeah, that was it's, it's really nice. the first time you kind of see Mulder lose his cool. Right. Because he's always he the really one who's got it. He's got this. Right. He's got the aliens. He's got the serial killers. He's got he's got it, but not the fire. He hadn't got the fire. Couldn't get the fire, and it was just it was just a thing. It was just a weakness, you know. Everyone's afraid of fire, and I loved at the end. There are two kids in a room together, just like him and his sister were. Maybe this isn't a connection anybody else made, but it's one I, I instantly made. There are these two kids upstairs in a room together, mm-hmm. and something bad is happening. And he couldn't save his sister, mm-hmm. but but fire be damned, he is going to save these kids mm-hmm. to get both. He's going to go up there and he's going to get them. And he failed once already, and he probably beat himself up about that. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to do it. And I love seeing him over overcome that and get to come down. I thought that was yeah. sort of a really great moment for Mulder. Yeah. Um, well, the, I love the the uh, very literal. Um, thing that's happening here with Mulder facing his demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire. But, well, I mean, yeah. Well, the guy kind of tells him, you know, the scientist tells him fires are kind of their own demon. And the thing is, right. is like the right. bad guy here is a demon. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what mm-hmm. this guy is. And so, you know, they don't ever like outright tell you that they don't outright say it, but the, the word demon is said like three or four times in the episode <laughs> in reference to other things. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought that was great. I love that. I love the ending where he catches on fire and he's burned, but then he's healing and he's in that like incubation chamber and mm-hmm. Mark Shepard's so great. And it's like, can I get you anything? And he asked for a cigarette. I thought that was mm-hmm. hilarious. Yep. Yeah. You, you mentioned yep. it when we started this, that every, like sometimes at the episode you think it's over, think problem solved or whatever, but then they just throw you a little punch. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. It's like, God dang it. That guy's charming. And he's going to ask somebody for a cigarette and fight. And someone eventually is going to give him a cigarette. And then he's going to burn the whole place down. Like, yeah. Yeah. God dang it. It's going to happen. And I, I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I know you said that people don't return. If I had to pick one villain to return, I would have loved it to be him. But uh-huh. you said before that doesn't happen. So, not going to get right. my hopes up, but he was great. Well, and that's that's kind of one of the brilliant things about this. I mean, yeah, you could you could do a whole season where where he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you but but we don't get it. They just they leaves always leaves you wondering what happened to this character because mm-hmm. he's, right, he's right. still out there. Well, I mean, the thing is, this character's been around since what the thirties. The, yeah, the first been, evidence he, of this this was at a, a satanic right ritual murder in a the ritual 30s. murder in the thirties or sixties. He died once in the thirties, and okay. then he died again in a house in a tenement fire in the sixties. Right, and then he mm-hmm. shows up again. So, yeah, it's, it's based every thirty years. Mm-hmm. Just kind of tunes like that kind mm-hmm. of became a theme for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy, um, a pretty, cr- and and you don't get any sort of explanation like, where does he come from? How did he get here? Right, it's all implied where stuff, but never like exactly. Yeah, right. where you go? Yeah. So, 
great show. I just I really enjoy every episode um, mm-hmm. that y'all have had me watching. Um, I love. Yeah. I, I'm sitting here honestly, like mind boggled of like, what? How many seasons of the show are there? Eleven. Uh, Ten or 11? eleven. Eleven. How, I'm like, how are they going to do eleven? Yeah. If you count the last two that they made just sort of off the cuff, it felt like they were, it makes it 11. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm but, sitting here like, like, how are they going to do 10 more seasons of this show? It kind well, of loses steam at a some lot point. Of it gets resolved as you go along and it gets to a point where they do have a jump the shark moment. We're, we're not going to lie. The, the first six or seven seasons of this show, though, were really good yeah they are and once we get to like season seven and eight nine got better again yeah. when we get to seven and eight there's going to be a lot more skipping around just because there's some good episodes it's certainly worth watching but for the sake of what to talk about on this show we won't cover quite as many now the what they did when they brought it back season 10 pretty much concludes the mythology Mm-hmm. I think That's there's right. like two episodes at the beginning of season 11 that wrap the mythology completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can honestly skip. And, and we, look, we love the show. Y'all hear us talk about it every week. Andrew and I grew up with it. Um, it David's enjoying it. it. You can honestly know everything you need to know about X-Files from what we've watched in season one. And then we're going to pick episodes two through six. You can watch... The movie I want to believe, and season ten, and everything you need to know about X Files. Mm-hmm. Seven, movie? eight, yeah, a couple of Doesn't... movies. Yeah, a yeah. couple of movies. Yeah, yeah, there were two movies. Also, I wasn't a fan of that one that came out when Andrew and I were dating. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creepy. It's creepy. I don't yeah. remember anything about it except that guy in the pool, and he like sinks down below the water, and it's all creepy looking. And I was like, nope, nobody, nope, nope. Second one. But you're, I mean, you're talking about a show with, with 218 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, but you can really, we're not, we're not going to sit here and pretend that for 13 years, this thing kept the quality it started with. I mean, all shows have ebbs and flows. Yes. And it, you really can skip seven and eight. You don't need, you don't actually need any of that. Yeah. I'm going to have to look and go, I'm going to go through them and, and pull episodes, but there won't be a whole lot from, from those seasons other than key probably key mythology points, honestly, in those seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we've been, um, we've been talking about Star Trek also. Uh, we start out reviewing each of the first six original series films, and then we moved on to the next generation TV series. And I think we're about through with that. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about tonight, but next week I want everybody's final thoughts on the next generation because i think we've got we've gotten pretty well we've gotten through pretty well season six mm-hmm. um we should be able to finish the series and talk about that next week our final thoughts on that and then we'll move into the next generation yeah, movies, movies with generations which yeah. is something i really want to get to mm-hmm. all right all right so has anybody else got anything for tonight i think i think that's it and uh if you're listening to this when, when this posts, hopefully pretty soon we're going to talk about, we're going to come back to this idea of the cornerstones of science fiction. I do have a question up on the Twitter account, and I, I'll be sure to repost it a few times over the next couple of weeks. But uh, I kind of asked the question where I think we're going to start when we come back to that, which is going to be with novels. Right. That, that's, that was also my thought, that that's where we should begin with that. 
So read some novels, David. I, I think the novels are important because I think the novels are really what all the other things are going to hinge on. Um, Game of Thrones and uh, A Feast for Crows and everything in the Song of Ice and Fire series really encapsulates what I think science fiction is for me. Those are the only novels I've read. <laughs> God, uh, I swear gonna... sometimes I wonder if you're my kid. Uh, you're going to have to do I've a little research. I've seen him. He's definitely then. your kid. <laughs> he You've looks heard just me. like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then... If nobody's got anything else, that will do it for us tonight. And until next time, Marisha, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet. You can find me on Twitter. I'm P Padawans. I my website is princessesandpadawans.com. And I am on Instagram as princesses underscore and underscore padawans. And Andrew? All right, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore fictionary. You can find me at sciencefictionary.com. You can drop us a line. You can drop any of us a line at the sciencefictionary at gmail.com. If you have questions or comments about the shows, as always, go leave us a like and, and a comment or review at iTunes. That always helps out the show, helps us grow. And that's pretty much it. And David? You guys can find me on my YouTube channel, uh, Creative D&D. And you can find me on my Twitter, stay underscore creative DD. Uh, I've been posting a lot on Twitter. Have, uh, as Marisha pointed out, some strong opinions. So definitely check that out. And I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter, and we'll see you next time.